Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast, the abridged Monday edition because of the Bomber Coaches Show, though they are going on by this week. It's all about Bianca today and Drescu's big triumph in the Big Apple. We'll talk about it with Carolyn Cameron of Rogers Sportsnet, who covers tennis for that network. Also, what are the kids saying about it? Literally. I'll talk to a 12-year-old tennis player from Winnipeg about what this win means to tennis in this country. What are her friends saying about it? That's on the podcast. As long as you've been covering tennis, watching tennis, did you ever think we'd see the day where a Canadian was the champion of the U.S. Open? Gee, I think I hoped we would. And as the years have gone on recently, I believed it was possible, but I didn't think it would ever happen in this way. With a with a teenager doing it on the biggest stage in tennis, being Arthur Ashe Stadium, and by beating the arguably the greatest of all time in Serena Williams to get there, it really was, I mean, excuse the cliches because you'll probably hear a lot of them, but it really was just the, the perfect picture and the perfect ending. And for her to come into this year really on nobody's radar, she had a good junior career, but she's battled a lot of injuries. And now to end up here in September 9th, she's now number five in the world. It's just a testament to just how talented she really is. Totally. And I remember seeing her for the first time at least play in a competitive match about three years ago, and it was in Fed Cup action for Canada in Montreal. And Sylvain Bruno, her coach, who was the Fed Cup captain at the time, he actually thinks back and, and pinpoints those matches in that moment to when he really saw, gee, she could be really good. And it was because she was hitting the ball really hard and fearlessly. And fearlessly is one of those words that I think we've all heard a lot of when when people are describing Bianca and Rescue. And it was, yeah, sure, we thought she could be good, but... I didn't even think it would come this quickly. I don't think anyone did. I mean, it's unprecedented. Yeah, as you said, she was at 152nd in the world to start the year. And despite it being such a quick rise, it was well-earned and and she really built. It started in Auckland in January when she beat Caroline Wozniacki and Venus Williams. And then it just gradually grew from there where she won her first WTA title in Newport and then Acapulco she made the semis and that's where she got the wild card for Indian Wells which she won by beating other big names she's she's been near perfect she has been the best player on the WTA tour this year she's 19 years old I don't think I can say it enough time she's 8-0 and against top 10 players Indian Wells Rogers Cup champion and the U.S. Open champion. And even just to put put that in perspective is when she won Indian Wells, she was the first Canadian singles player, male or female, to ever win a tournament of that level. And then she did it again at home at the Rogers Cup coming back from injury, which is also unheard of. And then, of course, what we saw Saturday night as she fell onto the court as U.S. Open champ. Now, covering the Rogers Cup for Sportsnet, obviously there was a lot of hope that she would be able to come back and be healthy because she hadn't played since she withdrew from the French Open. Was there an expectation going back to that tournament that she would be able to win that one? No, she even said that she had no expectations headed into the tournament, and I believed her. I honestly, I was telling people, I said, don't expect big things. First round, that'd be nice. Second round, if she loses, it's kind of expected. She hadn't played since the first round of the French Open because she she was forced to withdraw uh, for the second round because of that shoulder injury. The thing, too, that I think probably has helped her 
And I know time is relative. And for a 19-year-old, it's almost in dog years where, where months and, and the summers seem so long. But after Indian Wells, she didn't have much time to celebrate because of that shoulder injury that was bothering her really in the final and then Miami and then um, just moving forward into the French Open, it was still hindering her, and that's why she didn't play Wimbledon. Speaking to her mom, Maria, I remember before the Rogers Cup, she said it was a big struggle for Bianca. She was sitting on the, she was either sitting on the couch or they were traveling, trying to find someone who could help them with her shoulder. And I think it actually gave her, relatively speaking, a good amount of perspective of understanding what she needs to do to her body and and just the mindset of, of being a champion and being able to consistently be at your best so I think I think it's even though it's been a year of success I actually think there have been valuable lessons that have come from stress and tougher times now we've seen tennis players burst on the scene before maybe not to this magnitude and this level of win percentage but what what can it be about Bianca that might separate her from the others that she can rise to the top of what's right now a very crowded talented young women's game there's two things, and one is the way she plays, the variety in her game. She has so many different ways of beating opponents. And even in the final against Serena, I assumed that it would be the variety in her game in terms of shot making and the drop shot and the slice and, and the different height of her forehand and backhand from the baseline that would maybe make the difference. But it's, against Serena, she actually she just went with power, and that's Serena's game. But she has a plan A, she has a plan B, C, D, E, the list goes on. She she has so many tools in her toolbox, as her coach Sylvain Bruno likes to say. The second thing that, that makes her stand out, and this is what she thinks it is, is the mindset. And she's just, she's so physically strong mentally. And I think a part of it is age and the mindset of just do, don't think, But it's also the fact that in matches, like we saw second set of that U.S. Open final, she had championship point at 5-1 in the second. Serena battled back. The greatest player of all time battled back. The Arthur Ashe crowd was deafening. And Bianca, you could actually see her at at the point to get to 5-all, plugging her ears. It was so loud in there. And yet she won the match. She won the championship. She was able to settle her nerves. And and there's just so many moments where she's down in a match or in a game and not even a break point, but maybe 1530. And she just settles. And I think that's really her mindset that helps set her apart. And there's so many matches where you watch Andrescu play and it's almost never straightforward. There's dips like Townsend no. goes three. You had the Benchich match where she was down five, two in the second. She wins that. It's just every time you think, oh, this is where she's going to hit the speed bump. She gets over it. She gets through it. And that's what's maybe the most impressive thing of all is that her resiliency. I don't know really what it feels like to watch her lose a tennis match. Well, no, not many people do, because the last time she actually lost a completed match was March 2nd, which was before her Indian Wells title win. So most people now who know the name Bianca Andrescu and and perhaps casual tennis fans, they haven't seen her lose. That's what's ridiculous. But the thing, the thing that gets me is she says something she's working on is she doesn't like how negative she can be on the court. And as she said, it used to be worse, but she'll get down on herself or a little upset. She plays better from what I've seen when she's a little bit frustrated or mad at herself. And it's in those moments when, when she's trying to fight back throughout the U S open too, 
and just this year, the match has been on her racket. And by that, I mean that it's almost up to her if she wins or loses. Saw it against Taylor Townsend. Saw it against uh, Serena Williams. When she wants to turn it on, she can. And that is truly remarkable because there are very few players in the game on the men's or women's side who are able to change a match if and when and how they want to. But, but she's been able to. She also seems like she's built for stardom and she's ready to pretty much be an enormous star in this country. Oh, totally. And I think this is, this is now where things change for her. I, I don't think any of us could imagine what it's like to be 19 years old. You're a multimillionaire now. You're, everyone knows your name. There's pressure with that attention. And she always sees pressure on the tennis court more as an opportunity, but her life, her life just changed. And knowing her just professionally, I think she can handle it. I think she's she's grounded. She's she's not in it for fame either. And that's one thing she was actually asked uh, post-match in her press conference after the win is if she ever thought of fame. And she said she always just thought of winning as many Grand Slams as she can and being number one in the world. And sure, fame will follow. So I, I think she's I think she's in a good mindset for, for what's to come. But again, no one can really know what to expect or how to manage it. The other thing I'll say, though, is that I think even just her story is really the great Canadian story of her parents coming to Canada, Maria and Niku, in 1994, before she was born, with just two suitcases to their name. And then now their daughter is making or has made Canadian history and Bianca continuously. And she said it even yesterday during her photo op at the top of Rockefeller Plaza overlooking Manhattan and the skyline. She even said unprompted to the media, how proud she is to be a Canadian. So she's got her head on straight. (laughs) What was it like being up there for those photos? Oh, it was cool. Yeah. Just being there for the final was just so incredible. I could, I just couldn't believe that it was actually happening. And you can feel it through the TV, as I mentioned, the Arthur Ashe crowd. I mean, it was so loud in support of Serena. But the tension at 5-1 when Bianca had that championship point, and then the tension again when it was 5-all and then 6-5 for Bianca, it was just, ugh, it was, it, was, it was incredible. As I always say, and I know I'm biased, and hence why I became a sports broadcaster, I love sports. But it really was and is the best theater that there is. Oh, and it, you even look at the men's final yesterday with Medvedev coming oh back God. from two sets down, and it looks like it's over. There's really hardly anything, and this is especially at the U.S. Open where it's just so magnified, the stadium's so enormous, and the crowd seems rowdier than anywhere else. But just the tension of a kind of a do-or-die moment when you've got 20,000 people cheering on, it's truly incredible. It is. And, and I saw that, I think, I think the numbers just came out where it was 2.5 million or something who watched, watched the match on Saturday in, in Canada. And I bet a lot wow. of those people are, are new tennis fans. And I think, I think what they saw and why people and why I really love tennis is because it's one person out there. It's only you. You don't, don't have a teammate. It's just up to you to get the job done. And that's, that's what makes it even more incredible that a 19-year-old was able to accomplish that. You, you just you can't really relate it very well to other sports other, other than, than, say, golf or, or 
if we look at the Olympics, when it's it's just an individual out there doing it on their own, point at a time, when the momentum can shift so quickly, and there are so many other factors at play mentally. So, yeah, I think I think it's just going to change the way now people view tennis, and and who knows how many more kids now are going to pick up a racket or adults too, for that for that matter, and start watching tennis more. I mean, it, it's certainly more and more becoming our game. And last question, I'll let you go, Carolyn. This kind of relates back to what Toronto Raptors did back in June, where all of a sudden everyone's on board with this thing that no, that hasn't really happened before. And you mentioned how in tennis it's one person, but they always have on the score bug the initials of the country. They put the flag of the country yeah. when they have the picture of the player. It's almost inseparable where a player's from and their name. And so we have this person in Canada now doing things we've never seen before. Is this something where you think we will – this is only the start of Canadians winning Grand Slams. Do you think that we're going to continue to see a rise in talent in this country? Yes, and we in the media, we keep saying that this is the golden age of Canadian tennis, but but it really has just begun, and that's not a, that's not a guessing game either. I mean, Bianca is one of three young Canadians right now um, under the age of 21 with Denis Shapovalov and Felix Ojeeliasim, all within the top 40 in the world, and they're good. I mean, we've already seen that. I, we've seen Dennis in the in the fourth round of the U.S. Open two years ago. We saw him in the Rogers Cup semis two years ago when we had his breakout. Felix is is the highest-ranked Canadian on the men's side, even ahead of Milos Raonic. This is really the first generation of Canadians who have gone through the Tennis Canada program, uh, led by Louis Borfiga, who they brought in as head of development uh, from France. He helped develop uh Gail Malfis and Richard Gasquet, uh, Joe Wilfred Sanga, who, who some fans might be familiar with. Yes, we've had Milos and Jeannie of, and Vashik and, of course, the great Daniel Nestor, but now we're seeing these really good young Canadians who are not only the best in our country, but in the world. So I, I truly believe that, that the best is still yet to come, which seems ridiculous <laughs> to say that. Less than 48 hours after one of our own won a Grand Slam singles title. Well, Carolyn, I appreciate your time. Great coverage on Sportsnet as always. And uh, let's just hope there are many more Grand Slams to come for Canada. I know. I hope to be talking to you more. Looking at Bianca and Rescue's win, what are the kids saying? Well, to find out, I talked to a 12-year-old tennis player earlier today, Jesselyn Pang, who this past summer represented Manitoba at the Western Canada Summer Games and has already been playing tennis for seven years. She's 12. I asked her how she got into tennis in the first place at such a young age. Um, my parents were into tennis and I love playing the sport. Have you watched a lot of tennis too then? Yeah, I watch a lot of tennis. Okay. So when was the first time you heard of Bianca Andrescu? Um, This year when she played Indian Wells. Okay. And she won the Indian Wells and... That's when I think a lot of Canadians first took notice of her. But when you saw her win that, did you think, oh, my gosh, she's really good. She could win a lot more than just this. Yeah, I thought she had lots of potential, and I thought she would be able to take a major. Did you think it would be this quick? Um. Yeah, I thought she would be able to take the French or Wimbledon or the U.S. Open. It's a lot of confidence. Yeah. And so she goes out, wins the U.S. Open. What was it like watching her win that on Saturday? Um, I 
wasn't too surprised because I saw it coming. She had lots of potential, so I thought she was able to beat Serena. But I was really, really happy for her, and she really, really deserved it. Absolutely. And now, how how many? I guess how much time do you spend playing tennis each week? Um, every week I would say around maybe eight to twelve hours. Okay. And is this past week, the last two weeks, I guess, since she's been going on this run at the U.S. Open, was her success a, a talking point at your tennis club? Um, now I'm not at a tennis club because it's still outdoor season, mm. but with my friends, yeah, we've been talking a lot about her. Is she someone you look up to now? Yeah. How big a deal is it to have a Canadian who's winning a Grand Slam and hopefully many more? Um, it's a really big deal since this is the first time a Canadian has ever taken a major, and I'm just really happy. Do you think more people are going to start playing tennis because of this? Yeah, probably. I mean, she's a really big influence in the tennis world, so I think that'll spread to other people who might want to take up the sport. Right. Do you see anything in her game that you might want to use in your game? Um, yeah, she has a lot of variety with her drop shots, and she's really good at defense and getting back on offense. Um, so I would want to have her variety and her serve. She has a really, really fast and powerful serve that I would really want to have. How would you describe your game? Um, my game, I think I'm more defensive. Um, Bianca, she, she finds opportunities to attack, um, and she goes to the net whenever there's a chance. I don't really like playing at the net, so I'm more of a baseline person, and so that's where we differ. Is that something you'd like to add to your game, though? Yes. Okay. Um, obviously, you got time. You're you're pretty young, too, but do you think someday you could maybe potentially get to where she is? Um, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Jesslyn, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today and uh, keep keep playing tennis. Keep enjoying what you do. Thank you for having me. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?